Welcome to today's episode, which is quite a special one and a very important episode as well. So thanks for tuning in. And I would actually like to start this episode with a huge shout out to my mom, who is living in Zimbabwe, where I was born and raised. And just to acknowledge just how much she has gone through to raise us as her family and how strong and resilient and tough she's had to be. Even now, as I record this podcast in 2023, she lives in Zimbabwe where it's not very easy. Her salary is not very big at all, so there's no way it can sustain my brother's university degree. But she's done everything she can to get him here. And so we're doing the best we can to sort of pick up that slack and help him finish his degree. So just to give her a big shout out and... This episode is me talking to my brother, which is really special. Um, I have not seen him for seven years. So thanks for tuning in and let's uh, see what we had to say. Hello world and welcome to episode number eight of the Hire Yourself podcast. So today's episode, I have uh, a very special guest and a nice surprise for you guys. As you know, I have spent the last few weeks here in North Cyprus visiting my brother, my younger brother, who is studying at university. So I have him sitting with me right here, right now. We've literally had to also do that suffer for the art because we switched off the fans and the aircon so that the recording is nice and clean. So we're both sweating here in uh, 31 degrees Celsius is the real feel temperature, even though it's 27, so it says. Maximum today was 37. Uh, so it's very hot and this is obviously where he's been studying and living for a few years so i would like to just get deeper into his story why he's here and more importantly this is an episode that is a plea for support and help really i'm going to be honest and straightforward because my brother's like gone through a lot and he is an amazing guy and it's been such a pleasure to spend so much time with him and to reconnect because I have not seen him for seven years, literally. The last time I saw him uh, was at the airport in Harare in Zimbabwe. I was about to begin my Drowning in Space tour and that was in August 2016. And he was about to start university that September. Here we are, seven years later. So let's get into it and tell you a bit more about his story. So uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you, bro. It's nice to see that we are recording together in the same room. So tell me, first of all, before we start, right, I would love the audience to just get to know about you a little. So you're my younger brother, of course. Assad Korea is on the mic, guys. And I would like to just say hi to everybody and tell us a bit about yourself. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that very humble introduction. <laughs> good day to everyone in the world. I don't know where you guys are, but whenever you're listening to this, yeah, greetings, fellow earthlings. Yeah, so my name is Asad Korea, younger brother as well, as he said. And yeah, I mean, I think the most impressive thing right now is just, like he said, we're both in the same room, across one table, one meter, you know, we're just in the same space. And I think that's nice because that is something that, as he mentioned, over it's been seven years, you know, since we've seen each other. And I think that's what we've unfortunately missed out on is that yeah we've been able to keep in touch over social media but uh, it's it's not the same when you have someone in your presence in the same room you know and I think that's the main thing that I'm just so grateful for right now so yeah I think that's one of the 
major things that we're trying to highlight is that we're trying to just take advantage of this time and that's part of why we're doing this podcast as well or this episode so that we can also have the memory for ourselves of you know something so beautiful to be in the same room at the same time so yeah absolutely so let's dive into it right so the purpose of this podcast is to tell Assad's story particularly his university story and his education story because I believe that we are a community and no one gets to succeed in life without a community and community just means people around you who care and who interact with you and we live in a society where there's just so much pressure for men and women and everybody to just do everything on their own which is not the design i'm very sure of this we are social human beings social creatures so with regards to assad's situation he's here in cyprus so my question to you is when it comes to university why cyprus and in fact i i need to be more specific we're in the north of cyprus which is not the south if you listen to my last episode i explained in detail how north cyprus is, is not even recognized by the un because it is attached to turkey and the south cyprus is more the greek cypriot british sort of background so yeah why in north cyprus right so i think going back to obviously 2016 and stuff like that when we were obviously looking at uh, possible universities and stuff no secret that of course the budget was tight you know and obviously in that sense of trying to get the most for what value we had in terms of the monetary value so when I looked at, uh, you know, we're looking at universities and everything. So, yeah, when Cyprus came up at that time, it was just Cyprus. We weren't actually aware of the whole division. Personally, I wasn't. And so, yeah, we know Cyprus seemed to be that, you know, Europe area. You know, you're leaving the continent, you're leaving Africa. And so, of course, in that, you know, light, you're looking at the opportunities. You know, you're probably going to get something good. You're going overseas, so to speak. So, yeah, of course, this was like part of the highlight of that and because obviously when you look at it compared to the more european countries or further on into like states and stuff like that the price was fairly cheap actually half even more than half less essentially so yeah i think that was also what was sort of appealing and just the fact that it seemed to be a good inclusive package and a whole package that oh you're going to be able to get a good experience and value for your money but of course it was just uh, as of course we'll get into it more in the podcasts it wasn't as simple as it looked yeah and that's why i think it's important to mention that because you know first of all as you said same with me like when you think oh i'm going to go to this country i've heard of cyprus before and then you find that you're going to the turkish embassy to get a visa and it's not the cypriot embassy for example and there's all these interesting political sort of situations going on and then when you landed here i remember how you also had this very interesting experience right of realizing oh things are a bit challenging because you know you can't have a paypal account can you no not at all so there's certain things because of the political situation it's not easy anyway to operate on the ground and so cyprus from what i'm hearing as a you know to bullet point this is because it was one of the cheapest places that you could come to for university knowing that and i've mentioned this before our family background isn't um, very financially stable or not even stable we just don't have a lot of money in our family so it wasn't I didn't go to university for the same reason so why architecture right good question why architecture it was something that based off the courses I say courses now because I'm so used to that but it was actually subjects in high school that we were doing and one of them we had was TG technical graphics right 
and it later on became DT, which was design and technology. But what happened was that was your essentially your drafting using, you know, drawing your lines. And that was what you would sort of start off as is even if you're going into engineering or architecture, you started off there. And that was one of the subjects I took a keen liking to. And it was something that just clicked you know what i mean like when you start something and you, you don't have to put too much effort but you're also knowing that like as you put the effort you're definitely going to get it and yeah it was definitely something i i liked and so along with the other subjects that were not so bad but tg was definitely one of them so as i was doing that and you know i kept doing it and it was really good and so from there i sort of had that foundation that oh maybe this is something that i could pursue and take further but of course, TG was just very base level, you know. It's mm-hmm. not really the uh, your your core situation, but it's just the base level of the architecture. So I think from that perspective, I had a lot of um, just the core, but it, at least I had that introduction. And I think after that, with the combination of all the other um, subjects I had, it was like, yeah, decent. And then I thought to myself, well, yeah, you know, I've always had a keen eye to you know, pick up on certain elements, buildings, designs as well. Like I said, later on, it became design and technology. And so even when we started doing that, a lot of that stuff made sense to me. And I always was asking why, you know, that was a common thing. I always had questions. Why is something designed like this? Why does it look like this? Surely it wasn't just a, you know, a throw of the die and it just was like, this is what it looks like. So no, I was always questioning. And for that reason, my mindset and with the subject was like, yeah, actually we want people that always question why essentially and so that's why when i got to architecture i was like yeah you have to be curious that's actually what is the main thing you have to be curious otherwise how do you build your creative flow or how do you understand how things are so i think that was what really resonated with me and i actually was like oh yeah this is actually me i'm always questioning even if it's not always in like architecture or whatever i'm always asking like even someone asks says something to me but i'm like what why you know so the fact that i was always that type of person was like yeah and when I got to the subject, I was like, yes, definitely. And the creative juices as well came through. And I felt that it also was a place I could express myself. You know, I'm not the most artistic person, but actually that part of me even grew because I was now starting to, you know, channel my creative juices. And I really realized that, yeah, this is actually something I enjoy doing outside of it being a pain or anything or like, oh, I'm forced to do this. And I'm like, no, actually, this is something that makes sense. And I actually do enjoy doing it. So yeah, definitely that was my choice for architecture. And I think it's just something that I understood was lifelong learning, which is an important thing. I think, you know, as humans, we have to be somehow constantly always challenged. And I think with architecture during the times and how it's moved and how it's this innovation, I think for me, I was like, yeah, this is definitely where I want to be. So that's how I got about architecture. Nice. And also what I think is really cool is, as you said, you know, it, it needs critical thinking and there's that creative aspect to it. But there's also this thing of architecture isn't the easiest course to choose, right? <laughs> so I <laughs> tell I me know, about it. <laughs> I heard this. I've had friends study architecture. Literally, literally I remember Isham, uh, he was at UCT in South Africa, and he literally changed his course. And he went for sociology because he was like, bruh, architecture is kicking my ass. So what's so interesting is with you, you are definitely, you have an aptitude for it. Like you're good at it. It's been really interesting watching you now, actually, when we've lived in all these cool holiday homes that we've been in and you've been looking at the architecture and you've been you know, looking at it from that critical point of view and mentioning things about the design and everything that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You clearly see the world through an architect's eyes already, which is quite cool to see. So what I want to mention now is what I f- think is pretty awesome, you know, which obviously adds to what we're talking about, is in your first year, 
when you got here, it actually started off really well. And you even got a distinction in your first year. And so tell me about that. You got a distinction. And then from there, what happened? Because you've even said people see you here now and going, what are you still doing here? Like you were literally one of the first people we thought would be out of here with grade A students, sort of, you know, GPA kind of thing. So what has gone wrong? Yeah, I mean, as you said, like there was a distinction and stuff. And I mean, part of me didn't even expect it, didn't really know actually the system, you know, you're new to uni, you don't really know how it goes. And I think for me, it was like, a little bit of a shock in, to some extent because I wasn't, like I said, I'm not the A-grade student or was in high school. So, yeah, you know, we went to the guys expecting all the awards. But, uh, yeah, when I got it, I was like, okay, cool. And I think maybe the advantage on that was because I had that little bit of the TG, right, the background. So a lot of the stuff was something that sort of was familiar because obviously first year, first semester, is a bit about foundational so that they can bring people in because it's not like you would have the subjects in high school specifically designed for you to go for architecture. You could just come out of high school having done maybe commercials and still decide that you want to do architecture. So that's why I think that was the entry level. But of course, at that point, it was a motivation, right? You've started off well, you've started doing well, so you have to keep performing. And I think for me, yeah, that was it. I always was now striving and thriving to, you know, excel and try and get the highest grades possible. And that's what I was always trying to do as well. And I think basically when you just come down to what went wrong, was just basically the fuel in the tank ran out and the fuel in the tank I'm talking about here is obviously the finance. So yeah, basically like the first year went pretty decently, you know, it wasn't even too much of a struggle in that sense. Like, you know, obviously budgeting on my own and doing everything I need to do as, you know, most people know that when you now get to university, you got to be an adult. But of course I had a lot of the experience back before. It's not like I was just fresh off the boat out of a high school and into the uni. I was obviously, you know, I had a couple of years to sort of grow as an adult so I was already sort of like you know responsible self-sufficient so yeah when I got here you know it was just about me now obviously getting the flow and getting everything according to the new place and the new environment and so yeah as we moved on everything was seemingly all right wasn't too bad it's not like I was uh, as we say the term bowling no I was just working with a budget you know tight on a budget and I was doing what I need to do and making things happen but of course you know there was times where hey, the country's you know it's in a difficult situation back home and it was a bit shaky but definitely, you know, it was something that we were managing. You know, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't completely kaput, as we say. But it wasn't really like, oh, smooth sailing, clear blue skies. So, yeah, that went on for two years, actually. And then it was already sort of pre-planned that I would have come home 2018 because uh, my passport was expiring. So that was when, you know, I sort of had that already planned. And we were like, all right, cool. And then, yeah, after that, that's where it sort of just went a little south because situation just got worse actually at that point i was already home things were just looking kind of bleak and yeah i think from there on i think the fair statement is just there hasn't been a full recovery that's just the reality it's just been trying to just survive the waves and the waves obviously keep coming because obviously you're in an ocean and the waves are there so i think that's just been the main thing is that you know you may slightly go over one wave but then the next one really hits you and you're under the under the water for a bit and you know you're sort of drowning so to speak so yeah that's that's the main situation now is that i'm not actually in a boat anymore i'm actually in the water and i think that's why the drowning sensation or the analogy i was giving so yeah i think that's it the funds have just run dry the, there's no fuel that we've been able to put in and for that reason it's like yeah it's tough and that's really the main of it yeah it's interesting because that's the thing right like zimbabwe is a very complicated country when it comes to 
the economy and i remember yeah so many things have happened since then i know that you know the bank accounts you couldn't send forex out anymore and money just devalues and all these things that are really tough and i mean people back home are struggling as it is so with regards to the financial situation that's left you in the state that you're in tell me a bit more about seven years later you're still trying to finish your first degree like how does that work like how are you still here why are you still here because i know that you know people have asked you like so why don't you go home then like what's what's going on there right so that's also pretty interesting as well because yeah i mean at some point you know from a business perspective or even just from a general perspective right you look at something and you think okay um is this going to work what's the investment when when would be the right time to cut your losses so to speak or you know what are we really trying to achieve here you know what's your what's your dream what's your goal what's your vision and for me as i mentioned a couple of months ago architecture is something that i see as a lifelong thing right so for me it was a case of this choice is something that i'm going to do until eventually you know it's my last breath so when you look at this and you find that yeah we are now faced with uh, you know adversity and a bit of struggle if i was to sort of quit then it's like okay so what are you going to do now and uh, you know like what's next because at that point it's whatever's you're going to go to you're starting at zero right and is it something that you want to do and like for me that had already sort of got halfway with the two year situation i was like well i've already halfway climbed this mountain like why would i waste that right it's an investment it's something that i actually see myself doing so the fact was also like um, you know when like i said people would be like oh just just go home you know i mean at some point i'm also trying to be outside of my comfort zone and like i'm trying to challenge myself you know and it's not going to be a walk in the park right so of course from that perspective it was always much easier for me to say well i'm still wanting to do this because it was not that i was facing the difficulty in the actual concept and the subject right i was not reaching my you know mental capacity in this extent of like oh, i can't get better in the subject it was the fact that i wasn't even being i hadn't been able to even be on the track to run so i feel like that was the main motivator for myself as well as like well if i was actually on the track running i would be winning right and in fact was i wasn't so i was like well that's not fair as compared to like if i was constantly in the race constantly trying to run and i'm just not finishing and i'm not getting there and i'm not winning right then you can decide okay well maybe this is not for me so i feel like that was one of the main things that i was just like well if i was right i said on the track running holding the steering wheel driving i was going to be able to do what i need to do so yeah that was just the main thing is that um that's what had sort of happened and yeah so even when people say go home i'm like go home to what mate you know like what am i going to do and I, i would always feel like i gave up rather than saying oh yeah well it was time to you know close that chapter and stuff like oh i gave up like why you know like come on mate everyone else has struggles everyone most success stories you hear them right many times you got to you know as they say stare death in the face and you've got to you know f- fight and live so for me i was always resilient in that way and i know that this is a struggle i can overcome but of course it's like i said then what you said you know you need a bit of a team effort you need some you need the community and that kind of stuff so basically this is what we're trying to achieve right now to be like hey let's uh let's get to the finish line you know yeah because you know that's the thing about what you speak about now even going back home you've even said it yourself like it would also you feel like it would be a waste of time you're like you've I've spent so many years trying to get this you know finish this race so to speak and as you said it's not because you're not good at it you actually are gifted and I think if the money had kept coming and you would have been able to go to classes you probably would have had 
more distinctions and things going on because I've heard you speak and I hear you talking about your class and your situation. So you are more than capable. And it's just, as you said, the fact that you're trying to, whatever it is, drive a vehicle with no fuel in the tank. And that's so it's not going anyway, if that's the case. So with all of that in mind, I know that a lot of people have asked this and and people usually would say, well, hang on, you're in another country and you're a student, so why don't you get a job? Like, what's the situation around that? Right, it's a good question. So actually what happens is a lot of times, you know, especially coming from home where we are, you know, we hear so much about the abroad and, you know, the diaspora and it's like, oh, it's a land of opportunity, right? And it's just, it's the greener pastures. It's, you know, the other side of the mountain. Everything's great. But the reality is a lot of people don't tell you is it's really tough because when you go to the certain places and like I said, you know, I always tell people like you can't really go anywhere in the world with absolutely nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to have certain things going for you and then you apply yourself and then you get, you know, a better result. So with me, especially with here, you know, obviously, you know, people sell most places and in the sense that oh yeah it's opportunities it's jobs all that stuff and i mean like one of the first things when i got here it was language barrier you know and i was like wow that was pretty interesting because i didn't even expect it you know i thought hey english is pretty universal everyone speaks english you know and you realize when you get there like well no actually no and you start to learn more about the world that yeah there's actually pretty few places where you know english may not be the most commonly spoken language and somehow you've got to you know mix and mingle in the community yeah but also the south side i think is a lot more english speaking because of the sort of british yeah you know Cypriot feel so i feel like also right. being in the north right uh, everyone by the way speaks more turkish here than right you know anything else right 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 exactly and of course you know the places the place i was like or am rather i'm in the city center so of course most places you go to places where if you go to the more of the holiday tourist destinations you may find more situation where people are speaking you know because uh, they're catering for those individuals yeah obviously the south side being in the eu and all that so i think yeah definitely there were a couple of more english speaking you know communities and the like so yeah i think that was the main thing here and just lack of opportunity as well you know it's an island there's only so much you can do in the sense of you know population and expansion right so if jobs are taken and you know it's just that kind of situation where a lot of people forget i think this is maybe also an analogy or an example coming from home right foreigners come to our place you know they get like a little bit more of a welcoming treatment and they get to like somehow integrate in the community much easier as compared to where we come outside or when we go abroad that label of foreigner sticks it's still there like no matter sometimes even how far you go up you know in the situation you even if you try to really you know incorporate cultures and so you will always somehow still have this tag of being a foreigner and i think that's maybe even if you look slightly like japan some examples like yeah no matter how far you sort of get if you're a foreigner you're a foreigner you're not a local right and i think for me that was something i also experienced you know as much as i tried to you know get into the communities and make friends and everything but there was always still that looming tag of being a foreigner and so somehow you know you're somehow just capped at a level so to speak you know so yeah i think that was the issue is that you know some of the opportunities were not that great and obviously like i said being a student as well you now start understanding there's um government laws or there's systems in place where you can't be working the same as someone who's employed you need papers i mean like something like a work permit I, I didn't really know about something like that because obviously being in sermon being thing you're not looking or you're not really 
hearing of such things like work permits but when you go abroad and right you have to make sure documentation is correct so me being on a student permit there's only so many hours you can work and the money as well that comes with that depending on the jobs you get right because you can understand that being a student there's only certain jobs available to you and also another important thing about that is you know certain courses some people are going to university for two three days a week but architecture from what I can understand, there isn't a lot of free space or energy or time to be having a job, which would be part-time and probably underpaid because you don't have the full-time sort of paperwork and you're a student. So all of that would hardly make a dent in trying to make so much money to get through university and pay yourself through. So that for me, and I know I had the same thing in the UK, like, and that's the UK, (laughs) where it's like English speaking and all that stuff, and I couldn't afford to be a student there. So I think it's important to bring this up because people, as you said, a lot of people, including yourself, right, you kind of go, oh, this is how things are. And then when you get on the ground and you realize the reality is quite different. And I know because I'm well-traveled and so many things that people assume of me or certain parts of the world is is so incorrect or off target because things are not as they seem a lot of them so experience i think trumps everything which is another thing about your situation as i said to you many times is you're getting such valuable experience life experience by being here and living and surviving in this society that's going to really do you i think very well when you now move on to having a career and a job so how long till you graduate is the question that also comes up often. Right. So actually just going back to the last point you mentioned and you mentioned how like with architecture is like there's no free time. I was like, I was about to ask you, what, what is free time? Actually, <laughs> right, exactly. you know, because it's one of those, like even if you're not in the classroom, you're absolutely definitely doing something that's architecture related, you know. And I feel like that's also another important point was that, you know, like you said, uh, you know, with Isham as well, is like the course load is heavy. So if you're now already having to do other things outside of classroom like just survive or try to make extra income you're definitely one side sort of has to suffer you know so it's like there's no way you're pushing a full course load and then you're still going to work like at some point you're going to break or you're going to burn out and you actually do have other fellow Zimbabweans and friends who literally in that situation where they've been here for years where they haven't been in class because they're working just to survive but they can definitely not do both exactly and the money you'd earn from the working is not enough for you to go like, oh, well, I sacrificed two years of the degree to work and now I've got my money enough so that I can go back to school and just focus on that completely. Like, it's 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 really, really tough. And the only way it possibly happens is you either take the hours of work, but you sort of like minimize your courses, right? And that's still going to be now prolonging your stay, prolonging your situation. But of course, hey, if that's something that happens, then great. Yeah, for me personally, it's the fact of the amount that... I was getting from that or trying to raise it was like you would just never break the cap or the ceiling you'd just be stuck doing that and you just you can't be doing that forever so yeah sorry uh, to have taken us back but uh going up to your next question right so basically that situation as i always explain to people now because what i've realized is for me giving a time i realized the issue here is not about the duration of how long until I finish. It's more about if I can get what I need to get, then I can progress. So it's like more about if you put enough fuel in the tank to get you to that distance, then you will get to that distance versus like, oh, I need to get to that distance and you're not putting enough fuel in the tank. Because I feel with the duration, especially with time, like it's it's so tough because if I say one year and then someone expects one year, but then if I don't go to class for a whole semester, and they're like, oh, well, you should have done in one year. I'm like, well, I didn't go to class. And like, 
But why? And so now you're going back to the main issue, which is, ah, okay, if the funds were there and everything was smooth in that way, then the time sort of duration becomes relevant, right? So for me, I realized that because I was also on that, oh, well, yeah, I've got two years left, you know, no problem. And that's cool. Like in the beginning, like you said, we had the GoFundMe and that was happening, right? So a lot of people was like, oh, yeah, it's two years, no problem. And like, oh, yeah, that's cool, definitely. Dude, you're almost there. I see why you still keep pushing, you know, motivation. You're like, wow. And you're looking back and it's like, well, that was four, five years ago. And you're like, dude, like, what, what happened? I was like, oh, is this another degree? I'm like, no, actually, it's the same one. Like, what? You told me two years, mate. What, what, what's happening? And I'm like, no, because what happened was the car had no fuel again. And so now we were just parked, you know, and we we're just iced. So I think that's the issue. So for me, if I have to do it from the theoretical side, where I'm just looking at the number of courses left, then I can tell you that, okay, I have so many courses left versus how long it will take me to do them. So usually in a semester, I have a quota of about six courses, right? But because of the way I've had to like free semesters, you know, going on like courses, a lot of them are sort of mixed now. And because certain as university students would know, certain semesters, only certain courses are available. So sometimes you may want or you may have a course, but you can't take it because it's not open. It's not there in that season, in that semester. So for me, it's a total of 14 courses left. And that includes actually two internships, right? So the internship, which I at this point had made the decision to do at the end, because it's something that, of course, you will not graduate without. But I've decided to do that at the end because I feel like that for me is sort of the cherry on the cake and the reward, so to speak, like a tunnel the theory. And then I'll just do that at the end. That's sort of my reward. Like, oh, yeah, well done, mate. You did all the theory. So now there you go. You get to go into the practical. So I think that's also and I'll be able to have a more decent practical experience as well because I would have just have had all the theory. So for me, it's about 14 courses, which if you do the quick maths would have been like 12, excluding the internships. And so that should be six, six, right? That would be like two semesters, as you think, which would be one year. But of course, the courses I have are like there's prerequisites. So they said like, which which means that if you got like a part one and there's part two, you can't get to part two if you haven't done part one or if you haven't passed part one. And as it goes, keep going, keep going. So I have the courses there that are prerequisites. So for that nature of the beast, I can't fill six because it will be like part five, six and seven. And I can't take them all at the once. I have to do five. And then after five, go to six. And after that, seven, and you keep going up, right? So for me, having said something like, oh, if I have to tell you two years and stuff like that, it's like, it gives you the picture, but it's not going to be so clear because the reality is that it's about the course load and what I have available to me. Because it's like a case of like, if I don't push six courses and I can only afford to do three, then it's going to take longer, right? And so, yeah, that's for me. But if you would like to have a rough estimate, you're looking at about a year and a half, essentially, or about a year and a half to two, if everything sort of can go as smooth as possible from now and that I just get to have that sort of push, then you could say that, yeah, a year and a half to two with everything considered. Nice. So it sounds like, yes, it's interesting because obviously people... Again, it's easy to ask the questions, but the answers are not necessarily that simple. So it's that situation of like, if everything was to go well and there was enough money, as you say, fuel in the tank for you to finish all the courses you need to, only then would you even be in a position to say, okay, what courses do I need and what order can I do them in and how many semesters will that take me? Will it be two? Will it be three? And that's without any interruptions, which has been your problem. It's like you keep going back into the system, which which isn't great when you've missed one or two semesters because of no money. And then 
you get back to school and then you've got to remind yourself, oh, I was doing that. Which courses can I now take that are going to keep me going forward? And then you've been out of your um, internet system, school system, and then you don't even know what you got for the midterms because I've seen you go through these situations where you don't even know what you had for your midterms because you're not in the system anymore because the money stopped coming. So you're writing your final exams, not even knowing how your midterms were so you can gauge you know, what to focus on. So it's really right. not only that, the fuel is an issue. It's like you're often driving blind <laughs> with no lights. And that's why I think it's incredible that you are still here, still in university and still getting to class when you can, when the money comes and you still show up and you still get the grades. So I really want to, you know, celebrate you for that because it's not easy. And Thanks. I know because my story has been very similar in a different way. And so I think it's very important for people to understand this is these are the nitty gritties of what's going on and why it's taking seven years and counting to get an undergraduate degree. Of course, it's not the first choice, but that is still the best option on the table when it comes to what's on offer. So with regards to that, like I want to know a bit more about where you live and why, because that's been an interesting part of your story. Obviously, you got to university, you were living on campus. And so as you're waiting to try and get money from home or whatever it is and get back into university, of course you can't afford to pay for university accommodation. So how did you get around that issue? Right, yeah. Actually, thank you for the kind words as well as you mentioned, you know, that, yeah, you know, it's just, I think, going back to that point, I think, yeah, just the inconsistency is also tough. And I think that was also where I was able to gauge my own capabilities in that, you know, I wasn't always able to just be on the track constantly building momentum which i think is another thing you know a lot of us i don't want to say uh, undermine the the value of momentum but that's actually something the consistency builds results as well you know you you you, you sort of fine-tune yourself by just constantly doing something even if it's a little bit a day you know so i feel like also i've lost a little bit of the value because of just the inconsistency you know but i've still been able to perform and actually keep myself going so yeah thank you for that um, yeah, living situation. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I feel like, as you mentioned, when you get here, you've got the inclusive package of, you know, if you're the university and you stay on campus, it's, it's inclusive, right? So initially, that was my go to that I was living on campus, you know, obviously, you know, it was also one of those from home with like, yeah, you should be by the school because we don't want to hear that you're doing funny things out there. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, of course, no problem, you know, so for me, it wasn't even an issue. Really, it was fine, like, and obviously not the greatest accommodation that was presented to me but it was doable you know i knew why i was there i knew what i needed to do so and like i said at least it was convenient the campus is not too bad we just had uh, everything sort of there and yeah with architecture i didn't mind being as close as possible especially with the late nights in the studio as i'm sure you know many of those so for me it was the convenience of actually being on campus you know it was easy so yeah anyway after the two years as well things were right and uh, like i said i was on campus that whole time and then had the break went home 2018 came back still on campus actually pushed that because for me it was it was a winning formula i didn't mind it, it was all good and then now when it sort of got to that point where it was now you know the finance was struggling it became pretty tough because basically it was one of those where like you literally can't really be staying on campus as well if your financial situation is not great because the money that you would be paying in an installment is inclusive of the tuition and the accommodation so now when one is falling the other one is also falling and now they're also knocking on your door asking hey where's our money like dude you owe us what's happening you know it's going to be tight you know you're probably close to eviction like you got to make a plan here what's happening and for me i was like oh yeah that's that's pretty messed up you know it's pretty tough so 
um, eventually we got to the point where for me it was like I'm probably going to have to try and look for some way cheaper. And in most cases, um, I mean, some accommodation settings off campus are pretty cheap, you know, depending on how many people you're living and where you are. You can probably get a good place that's probably competitive price compared to what you're paying on campus. But for me now, because I knew it was a situation that where the money wasn't like great as compared to like, in fact, it was, it was not there actually. So it was more of a case of, I don't even have a small budget to work with. So let me go and look for this. It was like, there's no budget to work with, but I still need to have a roof over my head. And so basically at that point, it was like, oh, I've got to look at my homies, you know, and like, listen, you've got a place, you've got a spare sofa is actually essentially like if maybe if someone was lucky enough to have a spare room or something but for me it was like yeah well it's gonna be crashing on a sofa right and so for me i did that knowing or anticipating that okay i'll do this for a certain amount of time crashing on a sofa while you build this finance or try and build up this buffer so that then you can sort of pay for the next stage and have that to go smoothly right so it was just basically like minimize all costs really cut all excess stuff going out and hopefully be able to accumulate enough for you to you have your buy-in you know uh, back into the system and yeah like i said it was just really tough because we never really got that far to be able to have enough to you know buy back into the system and at some point it was like yeah okay it's not a comfortable situation but it's the cheapest thing available to me right now so yeah of course I just landed up on a homie sofa and it was like, hey, this is what I've got. This is a roof over my head. It's somewhere to lay my head, you know, it's a pillow, sofa, somewhere to sleep. And I've just got to work with what I have, you know. That's another thing that most Zimbabweans are pretty resilient, you know. Like, we're almost numb to some situations, but we just get the job done. So for me, that's what happened. I was patient. I was like, you know, what? it's obviously at one point going to get better. But in reality, it's just like it never did. And, you know, you just accept that to be the reality. And so, yeah, mate, you're on a sofa, even till now. <laughs> so you live on a sofa now with, you know, friend's apartment. And how long have you been there? In total, you're working up to, should be about three years now. Because obviously with the summer that, you know, we left, it should be about three years now. Right. So and so... We're in a bit to change. It's really... And, and yesterday we actually went, I went to see where you live and I, of course I know very well because we, sp- we keep in touch and we, 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 st- right. we talk all the time and I'm doing what I can to help from where I am more from a perspective of like the emotional support and everything like that so yeah like in your words like how would you describe the place you're living in like for, so for someone listening like what kind of apartment is it okay so I mean at some point I think you know you call it home because it is home right but it's a it's a two-bedroom apartment um, the way it's set up is one of the bedrooms has a double bed. So that is sort of like where there's one bed. And then the other one, the other room has two single beds. So basically at that point, you know, it's a sharing situation. But of course you can't be one person in there. But uh, at the moment it's pretty full. So it's like one room has one person, double bed. The second room has two single beds, two people there. And then I'm on the sofa, yeah? So yeah, I mean, it's a two plus one essentially that could host three people max. But now it's got four with me, obviously, in the living room. So, yeah, I mean, that's how I would describe it. And I mean, essentially, like I said, it's home, but it's not ideal. Because, I mean, at least at this point, it's like the people I lived with. Of course, we built bonds, you know, we're a brotherhood, we're a family. But at some point, it's like no personal space, as I'm sure anyone who's lived in a <laughs> living room, so to speak, can tell you that 
that's not your private space that's not you know you're always in the way so to speak if i'm just being honest like you're just always in the way you're just there you know you have no space you have no privacy but uh yeah you know like i said you're just grateful for the roof over your head so to speak so yeah that's just been the current setup but of course not ideal especially for someone like me actually who i came to realize actually loves his private space actually loves to be in his own sort of bubble especially from a creative aspect i'm sure you as well could relate to this like sometimes when you want the creative juices to flow you just need to be in your element and your space and yeah fortunately i've not had that for a while so yeah a lot of stuff that you've got to deal with and just make do with but yeah ultimately some things will suffer just because of the environment and a lot of people will understand this because i know you know a lot of people are in places they wouldn't want to be and for that reason sometimes you just can't be as productive as you want to be you know it's that's the thing it's like i find it really interesting because my personal development and growth over the years is this really fine line of of course one has to be grateful for what opportunity you have like now you have somewhere to sleep that's a lot better because especially for me i remember when we were talking about the prospect of you coming to study here and i was like we don't know anyone there it's far away and i remember i even had quite an argument with your mom about this when i when i was saying I'm not in a financial position to be able to help and I anticipated that this was going to happen because I'm being around the world and I'm quite realistic with my expectations which is why I achieved what I achieved. So with that yes you're somewhere and it's great that you're there but as you've said it's super important to understand that if you're sleeping in a full apartment and by the way you used to have two of you in the in the living room at some point there was like actually two people there. So yeah you know when you're in a situation like that and you don't have any personal space and you're trying to do a degree and it's an architecture degree and you're trying to function it's not ideal either and for you to find yourself there for 3 years now which is why for me I'm trying what I can to help your situation because I wish I had a lot of money in the bank uh, to solve that problem but I don't because I now as the listeners know I'm going to fly to Ibiza next week or so and pack my stuff up and I have no idea where I'm living next. That's my reality. But I've been there done that and I'm not intimidated by it because I have the ability and the intellect to keep pushing towards my goal, which is why I'm doing this. I've got a very creative career and it's a very successful one in terms of what I'm able to do, but I'm having to sacrifice in ways as well. So what i really want to do with this podcast is to get to the point where you find financial support so you can get back to university and get into an apartment or some kind of accommodation even if it's back in campus where you can just focus and get your degree done so you can move on with your life we celebrated your 29th birthday last week and i know what that feels like because when i was your age i was in the same situation i was like i shouldn't be here i should be further ahead i'm stuck what's going on so I just think it's quite sad that it's it's repeating itself and I know why it's doing that because we live in a world where a lot of people come from difficult backgrounds and we do the best we can but as I said I feel like it's the community element that's helped me get where I am and that's what I want to do I want to inspire the community whether there are people who are close to you or not to be able to at least also step in and assist where they can so for me what I want to find out is for you to get into a better situation what's the timeline because you need to be you could be back in school like literally in how many weeks you like you would need enough money to get back into to you need for the next semester when is that and how much would you need all right so yeah, i think just uh, touching on that point like yeah you know as as much as we'd say like it's been a solo journey on this side i must also be you know grateful like you said for the people that have come and helped but of course the 
that situation was like it was never their load to carry so someone can come with just you know a, a little bit here and there and you know of course essentially if everyone comes with a little it adds up right but when only a few come with a little and you know you're trying to make do with what that is so of course it's also me just saying thank you to all the people that have already supported and you know have given as well because i wouldn't even be as this far this far actually if it wasn't even for that that i've been given so personally thank you so much for that as well um looking at current situation of course uh you know semester begins in about four weeks actually so you're looking at the end of september sort of getting into the beginning of october that's when the semester begins and yeah and i mean unfortunately i don't like to be in the situation where you're not really sure if there's anything coming you know if it's going to be enough what what exactly is coming you know and that type of situation and from a financial perspective right because everyone's we're trying but you're not always sure if anything's going to work you know um so yeah i think for me now it's about like when i look at just the inclusive nature and how much we always look at because it's it's sort of like when you look at the costs they're sort of a little bit fixed because i've had the experience of being in a system i know what is sort of needed and i know my budget right so from that perspective i always tell people or whoever i'm speaking to or whoever's you know had the privilege of speaking to me about the situation and we've had a chat i always say to them i'm looking at about what six thousand euros for an academic year and that would be inclusive of my tuition and my accommodation so of course with uh, obviously a little bit of the inflation as you'd say with just global inflation it's gone up a little bit and i think i've sort of measured it to be about six thousand so that's usually my buy-in to the extent that if i get that i'm someone who can at least operate with that and the reason why i say that is because if i just tell you oh i need like a thousand by the end of the month and then you give me that and you you on your part will be like oh that's great i've given him a thousand that's what he needed right and then two months down the line i need another thousand and it's not there then it's like the thousand that you gave me is going to waste because I don't have the full picture. I don't have the full, you know, essentially amount of fuel in the tank for me to push the whole journey, right? So, of course, there are installment plans, as we say, but the total figure for me right now, as calculated, is always going to be 6,000 per academic year, which is uh, like exactly your 10 months or around nine months that you have for a, you know, the two semesters that we have. That's their program. So for me, that's always uh, something when I'm speaking to people, I sort of like give them that ballpark figure. Well, I say ballpark, but it's actually pretty accurate that 6,000 is what gets me my tuition for the year and my accommodation. Obviously, if I was on campus as well, or somewhere cheap, that's what I would, but it would be my own situation and that's what I'm usually looking for. So of course, even, you know, when you look at it, like you say that amount for some people that maybe sounds like, oh, that's not a lot, you know, even maybe you could earn that type of money. People look and they say, and I'm like, yeah, but over what time period am I able to sort of raise that money on my own if I was going to go and work when, you know, you're getting paid peanuts here? Like, you know, it's, it's and also, as I mentioned, it's 6,000 euros, which is what the university tuition is charged in versus what you earn in the country, which is Turkish lira. So even at that point, there's a big discrepancy there because a lot of the actual systems like your rent, you know, some of these type of stuff like the tuition, it's all charged in the foreign currency, which is the euro, according to that situation. But everything you're earning, if you're getting it here, is in Turkish lira. So even with that, you're like, you're losing out money to the conversion. And it's at some point, it's like, yeah, it does get a bit tricky. And I guess that's also because we're a foreign, you know, foreign individual that you have to go through these systems versus being a local and you have your certain rules apply to you and, you know, as it is. So for me, as I just repeated once again, about 6,000 euros, and that's my ability to get in there do what i need to do and sort of you know have the steering wheel and then 
yeah, that's that's essentially cool. But yeah, if you do break it down into installments, it's much more doable. As in, like, from someone who may have been supporting, like, oh, it maybe it's a bit tough for you to drop that amount of money at one go. But it's just the reality is, if it can be something that's definitely consistent, then we can break it down into the installments and we move right. But then it's it becomes a problem when you have the installments. Someone gives you this much, or you're doing this much, and then eventually it's not a burden they can carry anymore, so to speak. And then eventually the system stops. So I feel like that's just been the narrative and the the main story of just how it's been repetitive in that way that you get a little, you go so far, and then you stop. You get a little, you go so far, and then you stop. And that's just just been the repetitive cycle, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, and it it frustrates me a bit because I wish I wasn't right, but this is a seven-year story that I could predict, unfortunately. And it's, like, frustrating for me because... When you were, we were back in Zim, I remember when I said, this is not feasible. We, you know, f- affording this kind of accuation is not possible, not likely. Um, and at least you got out of the country and you're now on your path, which is better than being stuck. That's great. But then also a few years ago, you mentioned a GoFundMe. And that happened when you went back to Zimbabwe after two years and got stuck there. And then that's when we people sort of suggested, oh, let's start a GoFundMe f- and we'll put some money in. And, and what I was trying to push for is to find the full figure that you needed to come back because by dripping money in, which as you've now said, like it doesn't necessarily get you where you're going and it just ends up being a lot more expensive in terms of time, cost, input, energy. So I think it's super important to just punctuate what you've said, which is that being in a situation like this, yes, there isn't a good way to be able to, as I say, beggars aren't choosers in the sense, but this is about asking for support and help and whoever's listening could come to the table with that would allow you to finish your degree that's the thing it's an open question because someone may have a fantastic you know suggestion but at the moment it seems to be as simple as being able to know that in the next academic year you've got your six thousand coming that you will be able to go and finish as we've explained it takes time you need to do your courses and stuff so because i i would love you to finish and get your degree sooner than later and not be here for another six seven years that would be really just what is going on so i hope we can overcome that and so yeah i'm just open to hearing what people may have and suggestions and and now what we want to do is be very direct and very frank and in a way that Asad is saying it's like it's almost like if we need to make this work it's got to have the right kind of approach and you've got enough experience now you've been doing this for seven years you've seen what works what doesn't work so i feel like that's what I like about seeing how you've developed. You've really learned and matured in a way that you understand your situation and you're driving, you know, and you know how you're getting to your destination. So that'll be really cool to see how it turns out. So for me, my wish literally is if we can find you that full amount, whether it comes from various sources, you know, at, at that time and just get you through, uh, that would be amazing. So how can people support you? Meaning how can they get a hold of you? Because I feel like that is also an important thing to talk about. It's like, Rather than go through the GoFundMe, which is possible, like there's an advantage to going directly to you. We'll put your email address in the show notes so people can support you directly. And um, there's different currencies, there's different ways to get money. And I know you've mentioned that it's even easier and better for people to send the money straight to the university because then you're not losing any fees and charges and having to extract from GoFundMe and all that stuff. So tell me a bit about that so people can have a clear picture of how they can support you if they're listening in. Right. So, yeah, especially going back to the GoFundMe thing, I think what we're also trying to explain with that situation is that as much as, yes, people look at it from the point of, yeah, yeah, there's a reach, you can probably reach more people, it's an international thing. And I'm like, yeah, 
that was exactly what we intended for it the first time but from us of course being in the system and the situation we could only we could see the reach we were getting and essentially it was just one of those where it was always just the people we sort of knew and the people they knew slightly going further maybe but there was no strangers there was no just you know random individuals and stuff and i mean at that point you're also understanding that um for lack of a better word you're competing with everyone else that has one right and i mean there's always i mean there's no one without a problem okay let's just put it like that and so of course people air them out people don't and so yeah i think from that perspective for me now that's why with the podcast it's more about a more direct approach that i would love to be more on a one-on-one basis with someone who would be willing to help then i can explain to them pretty easily you know because yeah of course the copami i can put some updates and you know you're reading i'm generally writing for anyone i don't have any questions at that point if i make an update or if there are any questions at that point maybe you're looking into the situation but i've already spoken to you know the people we know there and they already sort of know that situation of course they've helped as they could and like i said i appreciate but of course at that point now this is why this system or what we're trying to do now is like get onto more of a direct link with someone right and so it's like basically how i'm talking to you and how we're talking to like or someone new or whoever it may be that would be willing to sort of you know help out in that situation and so for me it'll be like yeah once you understand the picture because i would paint it pretty clearly as i as i do right now and so basically from there you can understand and see what's happening and like i said it'll all be very transparent of course with the finance i don't mind it can go directly to the uni it's no problem like that and of course you will see the results very easily because at that point you would have known that okay this was the amount needed this was the amount i gave and so everything is done right yep that's it like of course outside of any other train smashes or anything but of course this is the system if you do this you do that you're going to get the result so for me that's 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 what i was saying and that's what we are trying to say right now is that if we can get that more direct approach if someone comes through or whoever it is to be like hey what's happening okay maybe you want a bit of the backstory as we explain if you didn't catch it from the podcast but like yeah and like what's needed okay i can do this much or i know a couple of people and maybe it's a team maybe you come you got a team you got a couple of people with him like right all of us are going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to get you to that. And I'm like, yeah, that's great and that's the community thing that we're talking about and you know like I said it's been it's been a heroic effort actually. You know, I know there's people who gave, you know, could have been the last coins in their pocket type so to speak to try and contribute to the greater cause at the time. So always so extremely grateful for that and that's part of also why I continue because at some point it could have been a case that if the gofundme wasn't successful i say successful because i had expected zero actually let's i'll just be honest when i looked and i made this i didn't even expect to get a dollar because you do your research and you see like oh you're asking for how much people there's people who are asking even for smaller figures you know and they don't even get anything not even a dollar or two so for my head i was like it's already a success because i i did get the little that i did get from people and so looking from that perspective you know I'm, like i said i'm so grateful for the people who have been able to come through and give just that little bit and yeah if it was more people and we had been able to get um you know a good number of people involved then it could have been something that would have been more achievable and more easier to sort of carry but like right now it's like if you only have 20 people and they're all just giving just a little bit it's not going to be enough so yeah depending on the situation if we can get a couple of people like i said or it's just one individual that says listen i can do this i can carry this load that like, i can help you out i can support then it's 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 a okay great and so yeah that's uh, what we're sort of looking for now actually instead of trying to 
spread it out because that's not guaranteed. You know, you can't expect something from someone every time, even if it's a little bit. But when someone actually does come through, we discuss, we talk, and we have that sort of like agreement and just like, you know, confidence that this is going to be someone who's got my back, so to speak. And then that way it's it's much more simpler and we can we can easily like I said, push it and then we can get to where we need to go pretty quick and yeah, it doesn't have to be overdue anymore because it actually technically is, you know, and part of me does feel sad as well, as you know, as you said, yeah, you hate to be right, but the reality of the situation was actually pretty clear at the time, you know. And yeah, I look to myself as well, like you could see it, I could partly see it, but I was also in a place where it would have been so difficult for me to just stand on my own platform and just say, you know what, no, I don't want, or whatever it is. It's like you have to also, like you said, be grateful for the opportunity, right? You've seen many go out and make it. So for me, that was also my like, hey, how can I not jump off the cliff, you know? But like, well, mate, you don't really have a parachute. Like, but I have wings, I'll fly. Like, but your wings are like two centimeters, bro. <laughs> like, what are you trying to do? You're not that, you know, big yet, you know? But uh, yeah, ultimately, yo, like I said, we haven't hit the ground and we're still technically in somewhat flying hashtag or slash free fall, but we haven't hit the ground. So yeah, we're hoping to spread our wings and grow. And yeah, like you said, it's just part of the life lessons as well. Like you said, there's probably a lot of skills that I've learned as well, you know. I feel like that's also part of the silver lining around a great cloud that even in a bad situation you learn something, you know, you build your character and I feel like yeah, I mean I sit here being broken actually. I'm not gonna lie. So like I've just been the toughest soldier and I've never had a bullet wound so to speak. Yeah, I've been you know, I've been hit, I've been dropped, it's been tough, you know, there's times you look in the mirror, you're like, why? You may question, you, you maybe feel like giving up, or yeah, I'm I'm only human, you know, I'm not perfect. So yeah, but I've always at least been able to remind myself why, which I always question. I'm always questioning why. So I question myself why as well, you know? And I think that was at least strong enough for me to keep doing what I'm doing or keep trying to pursue this situation and this degree and this, you know, path of life, even if it's been not as fruitful. And yeah, you're seeing everyone else doing well. You've seen the grass on the other side growing and, you know, your neighbor's yard. And yeah, of course you're happy for them. And you're like, oh, well, mine could have something, but you're still somewhat a bare land, barren land. But we one day hope to have our fruits going. And yeah, man, that's just the long and short end of the stick. But the whole story. No, thank you for sharing because it's been it's been quite a yeah an emotional journey the last decade never mind the seven years and as I said I'm just really yeah proud of you and what you've achieved because this podcast that's why I'm doing it like people will get to understand my story a lot more which is not very different to yours so I just really want to yeah just encourage everyone out there to to remember that. Things are tough, but the, the answer really is to connect and to support and to come together. And and we have enough for everyone. We really do if we knew how to to come together in that way. And that's I've always been how I like to work, which is why I do these things like podcasts and so on. And and as, as you've said, you know, there are already people and community who have done so much to help you get to this point, you know. And I remember with the GoFundMe you mentioned that when you woke up and you saw money in there, you couldn't believe it. And it was like, still, it still shocks you now when you think about it, especially since there were people who don't necessarily know you, but they know me and, and stuff like that. And it's like, 
that's what I mean. You know, the the people, as you said, that people have come through and they helped and they they've helped get to this point, and every step is valid. So, for me, it's like exactly that thing. It's to go, okay, let's let's get everything going and let's fit, tie up this chapter and really fulfill our potential as as people as individuals. So, what I want to say is to end off really, really, really just to remind you of how yeah you've gone through a lot and we we all have and you know just in the last few years we've we've gone through a pandemic literally and we lost our dad and none of us have been home since then for obvious reasons like that's how dire this is like you know we haven't even been to zimbabwe because i feel like one of our default settings is we're very we underplay our our situation i really i want to claim that now i think even the way we're talking now it's like oh we're articulated we're like things are not going well <laughs> things are not good and so this is about showing and saying, yeah, fair enough, we're strong, we're resilient, but there comes a time when you need a break. And so I'm hoping that this recording goes out and finds, you know, an angel or two that can help, especially with your situation. That's what this is about. And so with my last question, my last question is, as you are now having just turned 29 and in the situation you're in, where do you think you would be today if all had been much smoother in life and things had gone to plan what does that look like who would asada 29 be without basically a financial slash mental health deficit or whatever it is that we want to call it that has gotten us into the situation deep deeper question mate deeper question it's tough it's tough to think about that because at some point you have this picture of yourself you know you look in the mirror you see i oh, I'm trying to reach something and it's like you know you sort of see yourself as you may be the kitten but in the in the mirror you see the lion you know and with me going through what I've gone through that actually at some point was my detriment because I'm my biggest critic you should everyone should know this at this point like there's almost nothing anyone else can say to me that can be more harsh than what I will say to myself and yeah, I mean, not to say I have no goals and expectations, but I felt that what I was now doing was because I was not where I thought I would be or where I wanted to be, I really, really self started to self-sabotage. And it was bad because already your progress was slow, but now you start taking steps backwards. And for me, that was the deep, deep thing. And I feel like, yeah, it was almost like, I don't want to say the word lost myself, but it was like, I almost actually had to stop looking in the mirror because part of me now was it was just a complete disappointment when I looked, right? Because there was nothing that I was able to see good. Like, you're, you're just iced, mate. Like, literally, why are you here? Like, just it's, it's nothing. You're just wasting oxygen at this point. When was yeah. this exactly you're talking about? Timing-wise... I I would say pandemic, but slightly after, I think, actually. Slightly after the pandemic, you know. And I think that was also maybe a lot of people was feeling that kind of way because a lot of maybe their plans were foiled just by the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know. So I feel like a lot of people may have been on that. But for mine, it was like already there was struggle. And then on top of the pandemic, like it was just pro-max struggle. Like, mm-hmm. like if it was a game, like expert, and like, no, 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 no. We're going like 2x harder. And you're like, what? Like, that doesn't even exist. Like, well, guess what? For you, it does, mate. 
Right, so you sort of hit rock bottom in a sense. Yeah, you would say that. You know, so what, what happened from there? Like, how did you get out of that? I mean, essentially, like I said, it was tough because like even me as a person, I never really grew up with the praise aspect. So for me, even if someone came and said, oh, well done, you know, you're still doing well. I'm like, yeah, but the results are not there, mate. Like, I'm not going to believe you just because you came and said, oh, mate, you're really good. Dude, you're doing well still. You're alive, whatever, whatever. Like, no, I'm not. You know, it's not really that type of thing. And even if someone had said that, and I mean, yeah, grateful for all the positive um, feedback and, you know, that does mean something. But because, like I said, I was always my own harshest critic and I'd always be like, I'll ignore that stuff, right? That means nothing to me, you know? So at some point, it would even be like a, a quick fix. Maybe in the moment I'm feeling good and afterwards I'm back to the default setting, which is, dude, absolute shit. You're just useless, mate. Look look at you, bro. You can't run away from the reality, you know? Yeah, okay, you look good in the mirror, but you know, what? Like nothing, you know, you know what I mean? So I feel like, yeah, that was just uh, how it was. Mm. So my question was like, from that low point what got you out of it okay sorry yeah um basically at that point i mean yeah given that situation i was not someone to always talk about my problems because from my character and the type of person i am i knew i would have the power to affect people and when i say affect people i mean like my influence like if i came through and i was a jovial person that energy spreads right if i came through and i'm sad most likely you're going to be sad you know like especially from the friend side so in my opinion i was always just trying to be like even if I've got a problem, I've got to shop happy, got to shop like this year, right? And so basically at that point, it was like I wasn't really talking about the problem. So like you said, a lot of us, we still show up, we still look good, we still doing like, you know, everything seems a-okay, but deep down it's not. And at some point, you know, I just felt like it was getting too much for me to carry and be alone, the load. And so, yeah, I had to sort of seek professional help. And uh, yeah, that's. I think that was also one of the, biggest differences was yes i would hear positive affirmations coming from people i knew but it was also something i said well they know me so they're bound to say the nice things in the sense of like i'm not saying the people i have around me are yes men and they're always going to tell me yes many i know will call me out on my bullshit if i do you know messed up stuff but i was like oh they're always still going to have the slightly leaning to the bias of oh you know if we want to say the nice stuff to him, you know, as compared to trying to tear me down as I was doing to myself. And so when I did manage to speak to someone that wasn't family, that wasn't a friend, and basically told my story there and basically got to hear the feedback from there, it sort of hit different. I don't want to say it meant more, but it hit different because it was coming from someone that didn't know me. And they were just literally looking at the situation versus as me as the person there was no oh it's me it's a sad sad no 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 it was like this is the situation we're looking at it like this it's a b c one two three and that's that you know and i feel like having that approach was pretty decent and i think that's what sort of brought me out of that okay let's look at it like this and of course many exercises a couple of few sessions and yeah i just was working with that situation and i think yeah it was a slow but effective process and i think that's what you know sort of got me out of it was just being able to speak to someone a professional and someone who didn't know me so that it it's yeah like i said it, it hit different and it, it made sense as well because i feel like a lot of people do try to go down this path but it's not a it's not a match you know it's not it's not a case that people actually get to 
gel and really sync with what has been said and they sometimes feel like it's not for me this is just um one size fits all but for me it was exactly tailored for me and i feel like that for me was yeah a blessing as well you know just having that and being able to like on the first try and just basically get it right in there and yeah it was needed i i think that was the best thing like it did come at the right time it was needed and for me that put me in a much better position from the mental side and from the within myself you know didn't now all of a sudden just alleviate and um, make all the money problems vanish no but that was just personally about me and how i felt at that point so yeah when you go back to the main question which was mate like where would you have been or what what did you see like yourself like if everything was really good i did have you know that good picture of myself like yo dude making you know i wouldn't say stacks of money because i was uh, like that type of person but like being able to be self-sufficient and help the people around me that's always something that i've always been passionate about is that if you get to a point where you have it's because part of that is so that you can help the people that can't you know and that's why I've even been on that side of the equation. I mean, some of my friends, you know, I called them friends but their family, you know, cuz at some point it was even the smallest things that you know, I didn't have but they had and it was essentially ours, right? And that was a beautiful thing. So from growing up like that, I realized that at any point when I have and that was part of my to not only give back but also to continue this sort of system and this culture that we had already sort of been cultivated into that you get so that you can help out and give others as well you know and bring everyone up as well so for me i always saw myself as that person so trying to get to a place where i can be more helpful and more you know sustainable and be able to help people so i think that was the core how exactly that looked for me was a bit not so clear you know because i obviously didn't have the most elaborate oh i want to be like this by like that and like this like this it was also like a I don't want to use the word trial and error but it was like let me walk the path and see what stone I sort of like stamp on and how stable it is and what I'm doing but of course obviously with the main intention of self improvement self bettering you know trying to at least get to the best version of myself which at that point I hadn't capped so to speak to be like oh I got to look like this here but I knew that there was room for growth so me I think that's just been the major L as we say it is that growth has been so slow the stunted the growth has been stunted so for me yeah i feel like at this point i mean if everything had gone well maybe you know it would have ignited the passion i had for like you know cars maybe i would have had a collection i don't know you know i remember the other day we were walking home actually the night when we were coming home from my birthday right and i remember saying oh, which route do you want to take home because we were walking and you're like oh well you know we've always used the main the main road the main drag and like oh, let's take the back road and i was like yeah actually let's go you know and we were walking walking nice you know it's a bit late obviously because we had had a late uh, we'd done a movie and late dinner and like at some point yeah we were almost close to turning off and like you could hear in a distance this like a a powerful machine and you weren't at weren't too sure whether it was like you know we were like hey is it a ferrari is it a lambo is it a super bike and literally it got like to the robot and it turned and it sort of was like coming down the drag towards us and like literally we we both stuff because i know we both love you know our sports cars and we literally just like we 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 were so like happy in that moment when it passed us and i mean kudos to the driver you also just you know gave us a little bit of a rev you know it was kind of nice you know and we felt that so i mean like that's something we both have a passion for so at some point i also said to myself you know when i do have a little bit more financial freedom that's definitely something i would like to explore my 
um, passion for motor racing in general because obviously there's Formula One as you both know so I mean just anything to do with that so who knows at that point uh, maybe I would have had a, a project of, of a car or something like that so you know there's a lot that um, one could see but I think also just yeah I mean the general picture for me would have been at a point where you know just have my ducks in a row and just be able to be a useful person and be able to just you know be a man of the community and just be able to have that fill up the the desires or how can i say it more about the, the stuff that you would have as a person that are like your hobbies your creativity stuff like just to have that outside of just the your job and stuff of which for me obviously it's still the same thing but for me it's about other stuff like you know sports and like i said the motorsports and stuff so maybe who knows if something would have come around in that place if everything else was in a stable picture you would have had more time and more energy to put into those things but of course like i said and we both know it's like i've been in survival mode so even what i was actually set out to do i'm not really even achieving at the point because it's like you're just in survival mode you're just trying to make it till the next day you know just like just to see the sunrise so yeah i think that's the thing so yeah of course a bit tricky because I wouldn't be able to give you the best picture because over time I've stopped to do that. Oh, I should be here by this age or I should look like this by this time because at some point, especially with the, you know, therapy I was going through, it's like, stop doing that. You know, stop sort of because it's coming from a point of self-sabotage rather than a motivational point in that, oh, you're motivating yourself to reach higher because already I was doing that. But now it's like when you don't, how do you feel like what 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 is your you know your response to that and i feel like that's where i was going a left turn so to speak so yeah i think that is how i hopefully have answered your question um in that yeah i wasn't really even now i don't really look at it that way because i'm i'm now more of the element of water rather than the element of fire where i was just burning like i'll burn through the path like I gotta do it like this now i'm like water which is more fluid and flexible in the sense of okay, when I get to that bend, how will I take it? When I get to this part, how will I do it? So I'm more calculating on the journey rather than, oh, I've calculated everything and I'm going to move because I have obviously learned that even as much calculation as you give and how much you try to predict the future or whatever, there's always room for something's going to happen. And sometimes you have the opportunity to, you know, foresee certain things going a little bit south maybe. You know, you have to just jump on the bike and ride and go through the mountains until you actually you know see what's going on so yeah that's basically hopefully the answer cool well there's a lot that happened there that you've shared because you know one of the first things was your turning point so to speak right and i find that interesting because i remember at that point we speak a lot and like I'm, myself as a, a life coach and someone who helps i remember things that i would say like you said because it was your brother you didn't want to really take it on board and then when another professional who we don't know like personally gave you that information something clicked in you and then you started to go oh okay maybe there's truth to some of these things so what that says to me is that I think it's so important to encourage people who are going through stuff and who are struggling to seek out that help because it's so important and I often say you know like if you look at your professionals today, whether they're sports people and stuff, they all have coaches. So it's that thing of being able to go to someone who can look at your situation, as you said, and go, oh, I know what's going on here and this is what's happening. And you literally felt seen and like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's so true. 
So well done for that, because I think that's a very important topic. A lot of people don't really feel that they, they can show up um, to get the help. And it obviously brought you to a, a more healthy space as well, which is great. And another thing you said, which I think is also very valuable, is is that shift from being so hard on yourself and understanding that we can only control who we are and not the world. And so knowing that you've got goals and that you would like to be self-sufficient and everything like that, but not necessarily knowing what that looks like, I think is healthy. I think that's actually a really good way to do it because then you can see like, and you said it very well, like water, right? You can be able to be in the moment, which is what I've seen with you, right? You've gone through things you didn't know what you're going to have to go through, but you're here and you're, you're literally one of the most put together people in the group that you're in, like in terms of the people around you right now. I see you literally as the senior or the leader or, or something like that. That's what I was saying to you earlier. Like you're literally the kind of person who, if I was to describe you, you literally have this high quality about you. You know, you're very well-mannered, person you're very calm under pressure you're very clean we've lived together for over for a month or more now so you know these things can be taken for granted (laughs) and able to cook your for yourself cook well as well and you know and as i said you're often the leader in the room you're very strong and resilient and you've got a sense of humor you know you're very respectful you've got very strong boundaries in terms of what you will take so these are all very very good qualities and so when it comes to talking about how you're showing up in the world and, and that and we've talked about this many times when I've said to you, it doesn't really matter what you have in your hand or in the bank account or what you're driving. It's about who is the man or the person inside. And that is really evident. And that's why I was saying earlier, I just want to really congratulate you on that because you're doing a great job. So with that, yeah, thank you for sharing. And Sweet, thanks, mate. Here we go. Let's see how the next academic year looks and just wishing you a super 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 successful time to come and yeah it's been really amazing sharing time with you and let's get out there and let's show people what we got absolutely i think just in closing and conclusion mate i just i really want to thank you because at some point you know i'm like my bro is so well traveled you know i'm so lucky that i get to tap into your reservoir of knowledge and you know and information because i think a lot of people forget this it's like even in my crucial teen years, we didn't grow up together. So even when you did come back after a while, it's like it was, we had to relearn each other. Well, I say relearn each other. Like it, we actually had to learn each other from there. Like we were now introduced to each other. Like this is your brother, mate. And that's when our relationship sort of grew. And, you know, for for us to be so close as we are now to the extent that, I mean, I mean, I say it obviously with a lot of respect, but like, I never actually thought anyone would come visit me here. You know, like this is the place of we got no friends, no family. And in that sense, um, but no one like I didn't expect anyone to come. I said, well, hey, you'll be there. Do your thing, mate. You're like you said, at least I'm someone who's able to handle myself, you know. And for you, I know it was not easy for you to come here as well. You know, it was it was a sacrifice, as you mentioned. And I mean, it's been sort of like in the pipeline that oh maybe you know me coming to spain at some point or something like that maybe you're coming here but another thing is like logistics it's always going to be it was always something that was a bit difficult so dude even the sacrifice for you to come here it's been like surreal i could not even understand it you know even in my head i said ah you'll be here for maybe a couple days and then you're going to be gone you know and even the first few days and maybe the first two weeks you know it was like i could not understand like it, it took me a while to realize that i'm waking up and Actually, my bro's in the next room. I don't have to, like, send him a text. I'm not calling him over the phone. Like, my phone wasn't ringing, and I'd see his name. That's the thing. I was like, almost like, hey, this, this bro doesn't love me anymore. Like, wh- wh- this guy's not calling me. Oh, he's in the next room, actually. And we spoke yesterday over dinner for, like, two <laughs> hours, you know? And, like, yeah, for me, it's, like, 
been that's been the most amazing thing because it's like you don't know sometimes that you miss something until it's actually missing so to speak and so even just the value of you being here you know for me to just like be that person to like hey to show you around a little bit as well take you places you know just be like that sort of like have a bro you know and like so much like oh this is what i was telling you that day remember oh this is a picture i sent like this is this you know and yeah like you said came to the uni so that like for me i'm, I'm like so grateful for that alone let alone the actual relief from the environment i was in you know but just the fact that you made that sacrifice to come through for me that's like it's something i can never really truly tell you the value of and replace i like i can't even reward that to say like dude for coming this is what i'm giving you like i feel like there's no price on that it's like absolutely priceless so yeah just a big thank you man i mean it's like i said i know it's not easy on your part as well and we've made it work it's been a really good time and yeah so it's, it's going to be obviously sad when you go but for us it's like hopefully it's something that we can keep going and it can happen again you know and it doesn't have to be another seven years so to speak you know until it happens again and so yeah dude just as i echo it again thank you so much i appreciate it for you coming through it means a lot to me really really it does you know i haven't seen family in a minute so it was really 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 something nice and like i said even now we're getting towards the end of that and like yeah i really hope that future's bright as well and we can continue to do something like this absolutely much love bro you know that and and that's why it's such a a pleasure for me to have been able to spend this time because you know certain things have happened this year if you listen to the podcast you know that like i lost my apartment in ibiza and i was on a cruise ship for a couple of months and those two things have allowed me to have the freedom to go okay i'm going to go and see my brother because i haven't seen him in 7 years i'm going to use some of the money to come and get here and live out of you know cyprus and so that i can get to the next level and and that's the kind of thing you talked about is being water you know it's like i'm being water right now because i could have gone straight to going oh i need to go and find a new home and get a new job or whatever i need to do and what i do is i trust in saying no this is more important this is as you said there's no price to it like 7 years is way too long and we are both you know from a family that's struggling and we've had we've gone through a lot and i really do believe the best is yet to come now like it's not going to be another 7 years and as you know we've spoken a lot i'm building a lot of my own personal career infrastructure and that's coming together in a very exciting way now with all of this stuff so i really know that it's only a matter of time when it all starts to work really well and it's already coming together so absolutely we are finally i believe entering a new level for ourselves in our lives so absolutely i'm sure we might even be doing some cool podcasts in the future in new exciting locations who knows but 100% 100% bro like for sure like yeah i even feel like it's so sad that like for obviously listeners as well like this is like 100th of what actually we we speak about like they should be mics on us 24/7 <laughs> cuz the amount of value the conversation we have like it's it's really like we should be like a 24 hour live stream so to speak you know so of course uh so grateful like i said yeah and like you said yeah hopefully we can have more episodes as well of just you know having that because i feel like it's it's our story and i mean a lot of people like you said it's just their story too but it's just that we are all unfortunately so spread and you know that we're all very nice guys you know and uh, we're always open to community and that that's why I say even as part of the story and why we speak is because we know that this information is going to help someone else and also it's 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 sort of like us reaching out to the other people who people who need help to be like hey we're here too you know we're here for you if you need anything sometimes yeah it may it just may be that person that you need to talk to i mean sometimes like i said some of us 
we're so good at hiding it. We can only assume that other people are also so good at hiding it. It's struggling or whatever, but they don't show up. And like, this is to be like, hey, if you need us or whatever it is, we're also here for you. So I feel like that's also part of this podcast that, yeah, outdoors are open. We're reachable. We're not uh, and not unreachable. So, yeah, that's, that's great. And so, yeah, thank you to everyone who does listen to this. If you get this far as well, because it's funny, we were sitting here and we said, eh, it'll be about 20, 30 minutes. You know, I got to go cook. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Come, 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 come. And now it's literally almost, what, an hour and a half, two? All right. So, yeah, like I said, sorry for giving you the extra work. But, yeah, it's all good. We'll see what we can do. And, yeah, thank you to everyone who does pass through and get to this. And that'll be awesome. Anyway, take care, mate. Awesome. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And if you would like to help Assad with his university funding, then the information is going to be in the show notes. And you can contact. uh, There'll be an email address, I'm sure. And as we said, it's an easy, direct contact. So you can help in any way, ask your questions, and then obviously get an update maybe as well if you're curious, if you've helped him already. And uh, with that, I wish you a super, super rest of the weekend and uh, see you in the next episode. Ciao.